Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BNAC Talks Press. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. It is Bridget McGowan, and today I have with me Monique Russell, who hails from Atlanta, Georgia. Monique, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bridget, for having me on the show. I'm happy to be here. Oh, my goodness. I am happy to have you here. So I've been poking around your website, just being nosy like I am, clearcommunicationsolutions.com. And one sentence on your website stuck out. Well, more than one sentence, but this one in particular stuck out. And I want to ask you about it. It reads, speak so people will listen. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, of course. So speak so people will listen. There's a whole lot of people talking, Bridget, and nobody is really listening to them. (laughs) Nobody's paying attention. It's just a lot of noise out there in the marketplace. And so when I say speak so people will listen, I mean that when you're talking, you have to make sure that you're talking about something that's actually relevant and helpful to people not just focusing on what you want to say because your voice is beautiful and it is and you have a lot of things that you want to say and you do you want to make sure that you are bringing in something that is helpful to the audience and helpful so that people will actually listen i love how you said people do a lot of talking (laughs) and it reminds me of something that i share with leaders quite a bit As a matter of fact, I recently did a keynote and one of the last things I touched on was uh, my fourth pillar of effective communication. The four pillars are what what you say, how you say it, how you look, how you sound, right? And so the last thing is that how you say it piece. And I talk about using think as an acronym to make sure that how, what you say and how you say it makes you sound and look like a leader because you have a lot of people in leadership roles who are doing a lot of talking, but they're not thinking. And I'm putting think in quotation marks. So let me give you my acronym. T stands for thoughtful. H is helpful. I is important. N is necessary. K is kind. And I always like to tell people, and I don't care if you're in a leadership position, if you are the front desk receptionist, if you are, it doesn't matter what position you're holding. Before you speak, if you're owning the microphone, before you speak, ask yourself that question or those five questions. Is what I'm about, is what I'm about to say thoughtful? Mm-hmm. Is it helpful? Is it important? Is it necessary? And is it kind? What is one of the biggest mistakes you see with people when it comes to speaking? I know part of it is just kind of not thinking about what they say before they speak, but what do you think is one of the biggest mistakes people make and that can be easily fixed? Maybe a, a quick little tip or strategy that people can put in place to be more powerful when they speak. Mm, okay, to be more powerful, I would say thinking about their pacing. 
because a lot of times people tend to think that they have to go really, 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 really fast. <laughs> and sometimes that's the nervous energy being challenged and things like that. But I would say something that can be done like today, immediate. You, we already know when you're talking really, really fast, the psychology of that listener, it's communicating that the message isn't really that important. But if you slow it down, and you use your pauses with intention, you can come across as more powerful in your message. So I'd say think a little bit more about intentional pauses, you know, intentional pacing and not run your sentences all together. Don't be afraid of the silence. People are afraid of the silence. I actually love it, to be honest with you, Bridget. I tell people, I say, listen, I may ask a question and we don't hear anything on the virtual um, in the virtual space for a little while, I say, guess what? I absolutely love silence. And then I wait. And I also do that because it gives people time to think and process, you know? So just running right, right away into that next conversation or the next topic, it doesn't give people time to think and process. Monique, I'm sitting here silently saying yes, 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 with my eyes closed, because I agree with everything you said. You remind me of the ABCs of asking questions. The A stands for ask. Ask an open-ended question. The B stands for breathe. That means just stop. Let that silence hang in the air. Give people time to think and process, because like you said, they have to think about, okay, one, what was the question? Let me make sure mm -hmm. I heard it and understood it. Now, let me process and go through my mind. Do I have an answer for that question? And then I've pinpointed what I think is the answer. Now I have to decide, is this something I want to verbalize that I there want you go. <laughs> to put out to the universe? There's a lot happening at a breakneck pace in a mm -hmm. person's head when you ask a question. So A, ask, B, breathe, and let that processing take place. And with your, uh, with your breathing, I like to tell people to count to seven. Silently, as a speaker, ask that open-ended question, a great open-ended question. That's another lesson for another day. Ask a great question, breathe. And as you're breathing, that means you're counting to seven in your head, silently counting to seven. And then C, call upon someone to offer up an answer or call for them to get into groups and discuss their answers. Now, I think about a recent presentation I had where I put a question out there and there was no ver verbal chat, if you will, available, but the typed chat was available to the audience. And I'm looking in the typed chat, Monique, and I don't see not one answer to my question. Now, the expert presenter would say, well, Bridget, if you were not getting any answers, then the question that you posed was too difficult or it just wasn't well formed. It was a, just a poorly designed question. But here's what you do, sports fans. If that ever happens, you can adjust the question on the fly and try to make it easier for everybody. Or, and this is what I did, I just moved on. I said something like, oh, wow, we've just got some great responses because it was being recorded too. And it was going to be, <laughs> wow, I'm seeing some fantastic answers and you just keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> 
seen some great responses showing up. Oh, that's incredible. So to my next point, right? And I just, girl, I just kept it moving. But here's, here's the kicker. So we close out the presentation. I had the wrong chat open. Apparently oh they were putting gosh. the response. They did not have the chat function available to them. They only had the Q&A function mm. available to them. And I had not opened that. And then we found that there was some kind of a glitch with my setup. It was just, oh my goodness. But you keep rocking and rolling is my point. Because yes. the show has to go on. You and know nobody what? was wiser. <laughs> if there's not a glitch that happens, it, then something must be wrong. Like seriously. So so guess what? Your response was perfect that, <laughs> for what was actually happening. You have some great responses. You kept it moving. <laughs> because then this is the thing. I would have made both the audience and myself look a little crazy if I said, huh, there's nothing coming through. Are you, are, is everybody out there? Are you listening? Mm-hmm. Right? Because now yes. I'm calling into question if the audience is engaged. And then that calls into question if my content is engaged. Yes. And you always want to uplift everybody around. Exactly. That's definitely one thing I would say too. Um, the minute you shift into well, nobody has any answers. Oh my God, you, now you're going downhill. Like, don't do that. Like, you, <laughs> you don't need to do that um, because now you're shifting the energy of the room to something that's more questionable as opposed to something where you're having that certainty and that confidence and that authority in the message. And it's okay if nobody has anything to say. You could tell them like, you know, this this may be, I know this may be a little bit tough for you to process right now. And you may have some thoughts that come up a little bit later, you know, so go ahead and take that time to process it, write it down. I'm going to move on. And if anything pops back up, you know, feel free to go ahead and drop it in the chat. You know, just it's, just keep it moving. Keep, I'm telling you, I, I really should make that my mantra. I should buy bumper stickers that read, keep it moving. I should have t-shirts because that's my attitude. Don't get stymied, don't get stuck. Mm-hmm. Monique Russell, you are a communications expert. Bottom line, uh, you're the communications expert that everybody needs to have on their team. You teach women leaders and teams how to turn likes into loves in their businesses and in life by using effective communication tools and strategies. What are some of your favorite presentation topics you just absolutely love? If I were to tell you right now, Monique, give me a 60 minute presentation right now. What would it be? Well, first of all, I would definitely talk about intentional motherhood, which is one of my most recent topics because, you know, I I, um, have a book, Intentional Motherhood, who said it would be easy, and that released 2021. And the thing about it is I love this topic. I'm so passionate about it, and I could speak about it with my eyes closed. So that's one of the topics that right now is my favorite. And then Um, Other topics that I am passionate about are confidence building skills, um, you know, using your voice, the whole aspect around boundaries, because most of my clients struggle with setting and enforcing healthy boundaries. If I could give anybody, everybody, every woman business owner, every corporate female leader a gift, it would be that gift of setting healthy boundaries. Boundaries for themselves. 
So I talk a lot about it because it's not just something that forms out of thin air. It takes intention. It takes skill. It takes being able to surrender some of those beliefs that influence the behaviors. And I can talk about it all day long. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those don't get me started situations. Mm -hmm. Get me started. No, get me started at your own risk, Bridget. (laughs) I want you to think back to one of the first presentations that you made, let's say on motherhood versus one of the most recent ones you made. What's the difference between the two? The funny thing about this question is when I, I, I'll tell you, when I did my first presentation on motherhood, it wasn't something that was very formal, um, but it was a small group. And I had my first child uh, when I was 18 and 20 years after, 20 years old, two years later, I was being asked to come and give parenting workshops and seminars to women twice my age who were trying to figure out how to go to school, how to work. I was in college and, um, and take care of their child. And so those were the first set of small groups. It wasn't anything formalized like the way that it is now. Um, but during that time, I was very focused, very confident about it because I was living it. It was, I was very passionate about it. Now, one of the ones that I've done recently, if I compare the two, I would say this one is more strategic in the sense that it's not just about passion. I'm also using it as a part of my business, business development, business strategy. I have a resource, a book that I'm selling. And so I'm going beyond just the pure passion. The passion is wrapped in business strategy and and business sense. So that's really the difference. The passion is still there. It's just now accompanied with the um, momentum of business and entrepreneurship. You said that one of your first presentations was when you were only about 20 and there were women in the room who possibly could have been old enough to be your mom. Mm -hmm. What was one of the biggest challenges in one of those first presentations? Okay. So let me just clarify, not my, um, my, not one of my first presentations period. Cause I started speaking at the age of eight, but my first presentation on motherhood parenting was around 20, you know, 20 years old on that topic. And the challenge or one of the challenges then was that the audience, there were two groups of women in, in the audience. So one group of women were really receptive to the content because my mindset at the time was, you know, it really is about identity. It's about what you focus on. It's, a, it's not about, okay, like, woe is me. I can't take care of my child. I can't go to school. I can't do this and that. It's really about, okay, how do we, how do we create the space and the time for you to go to school, drop your kid off, spend time with them, read to them, you know, and make sure that everything is working in order. My son was with me everywhere on campus, so much so that he was featured on one of the uh, campus magazines on the front page of the campus magazine, which I still have to this day, because he was everywhere with me. Um, When I was doing (laughs) focus groups, when I was meeting with the president, um, he was just everywhere. 
So back then I had one group of women who were very open to the idea and the mindset that, look, this is not a failure. You, you, you're not, you're not being, um, overwhelmed with, uh, uh, lack of opportunities. There are opportunities. You just have to think about it strategically and get it done. And then the other group of women were like, no, like they were committed to, you know, how hard it is. And, you know, we're not going to be able to finish. A lot of people thought that I would not finish college, but I not, not only did I finish, but I went on to get two additional graduate degrees and I had a kid. I mean, having a kid was not, was not something that was, um, okay, the end of my life, I just became a mom. And so when you have that identity and you have that mindset, being able to help inspire others or teach others to adopt the mindset, if they're not open to it, um, you're just out of luck. And so that that's what I would have what would say was one of the uh, challenges when I first started talking about it. How did you, and, and I don't know, maybe you, I don't, I don't know how to ask, ask this question. I <laughs> just, just spit it out, Bridget. <laughs> how, how did you get past that challenge? Because we will always have audiences where people are not receptive to our messages. That's a reality. And it, it kind of hurts. It's kind of scary, especially if it's one of your first presentations and you, we're social beings. Yes. We want to be liked. We, yes. We just do. Yes. So how do you deal with that? Because now with decades of speaking experience under your belt, uh, your skills are different. Your abilities, your talents are sharper. How, how do you address that knowing that as you're speaking and you're giving your heart, there may be somebody out there who's tone deaf? Yes. So I am totally not the same woman that I was when I was 20 years old. Um, and when I approach the audience or if I, if I have an audience that some people feel like the message is not for them, I'm okay with that. So how do I, how do I approach it? I approach it as though I'm having compassion for my audience. I center my audience and I, and I say to myself before I get into this room, you know, God use me to deliver this message the way it needs to be delivered for who needs to hear it at this time. Not everybody is going to receive it. I have already embraced that mindset and that understanding, but I know that every person will walk out of there thinking or knowing something in some way that will help them to move their life forward. When I was 20 years old, I didn't have that much compassion. I was a little arrogant, Bridget. And so I was like, look, y'all either get on this bus or you get off this bus. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I didn't see the audience, the audience, um, the challenge around them not embracing what I was sharing. I didn't see it as something that I needed to to focus on, get past, overcome when I was 20. It was just like, this is, this is what we're talking about. And I can't help you if you're, if you're committed to that mindset. So that's it. Um, but now where I am many years later, I am in that space where I understand I have learned so much more about the mind and so much more how difficult and how challenging it is to change the mindsets and how these beliefs have been formed. So I walk into the room with a load of compassion for my audience. 
And that just helps me to be patient with them. I don't see the audience as difficult um, because what would make them difficult? If, they, if they're not getting it, maybe I can try another way. Um, you know, maybe I can use different examples. Maybe that's just information for me to take back and say, okay, what would make it even more effective? So it's not even something where if something comes up, I'm going to take it personally or feel like, okay, you, you, you don't want to get this message. No, mm -mm, not at all. Um, my message and my talk and my speaking is not for me. It's really for the audience. And so I get to be that vehicle or that vessel during that time. You are clearly passionate about what you do, passionate about serving black and women employee resource groups, organizations like Amazon, Microsoft, the Centers for Disease Control, Verizon, Intel, Equifax, and the world's busiest airport, Atlanta Hartsfield, Jackson International. Those organizations trust you to guide them in implementing communication strategies that foster connection, community, creativity, and courage. And you're also the author of The Ultimate Speaker's Guide. You're also the author of Intentional Motherhood, who said it would be easy. And you're a podcast host as well. I'm probably going to break podcasting rules and ask you on my podcast to talk about your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the power of owning it, right? That's the power of owning it. You get to do whatever you want to do, Bridget. So my podcast is called Bridge to You. Bridge to You, Understanding and Black Unity. And so the show is really focused on highlighting the stories of Black individuals who are not subscribed to divisive ideologies or the divisive um, relationships between Black cultures. We know it exists. We understand why it exists. We know the problems between Africans, African-Americans, Caribbean people, and we understand why those types of challenges in, in connecting and effective communication exist. But my guests on my show were all leaders who subscribe to unity. And so I walk my guests through their conversations of their life experiences, what they have thought about in the past, where they are now, how they got that way, to be an inspiration, to really be an inspiration for others to say, you know what, this is a part of the solution. I had a guest on my show. His name is Wade Maya. He's a YouTuber from Ghana. In the past, he did not embrace being African. He lived in China. He would identify as anything but African. But when he embraced his self, when he began that self-love journey, he now came into a new awakening and he created a YouTube channel where he's highlighting and showcasing different places on the continent, which is really impacting a lot of people all around the world in, an, in a new media form, in a new way. So the guests on my show, they have gone through their own awakening, their own self-discovery. Um, Judy McCutcheon, uh, a lady from Grenada, Go Blue Inc. She talked about her story about how African Americans used to irritate her because she was like, get over yourself. Slavery, that happened however many years ago. She didn't see the connection, didn't have the understanding. But through her journey and her story and her sharing about her challenge with colorism, we are able and we've ha we have been able to see the whole transformation of where she is today.
and she's one of the loudest and biggest supporters of everything that goes on for Black people in, in the United States. And you ask yourself, wow, how'd you get that way? So these guests on my show, I often talk about um, unconventional and sometimes polarizing topics within the Black community and the Black culture to foster unity and understanding. That's awesome. Everybody, make sure you check it out, okay? But only after you've checked out this one and yes. subscribe, then go subscribe to Monique's. Now, I want to build on the lessons from Woody and from Judy and thinking about how uh, they uh, just kind of embrace their personal stories, how they uh, shifted their views. How important is that embracing of who you are, being cool with who you are. How important is that with showing up and owning the microphone for both you and for listeners? How important is it that we get that and love ourselves and are cool with ourselves when it comes to showing up and owning the microphone? Bridget, can I tell you how much I love this question? I mean, I, I, I love <laughs> this question, Bridget. And first of all, you're so generous for giving me ear time about my podcast on your podcast. So thank you. Um, it is crucial. It is absolutely essential for us to step into that awareness of self-love and embracing who we are, all aspects of ourselves and our personality, and then using that as a catalyst to maximize and amplify our story. So this aspect of embracing who you are and self-love is actually what differentiates you from every other speaker. Everybody has gone through life challenges. Everybody has gone through happy moments and happy times. And at, at some level, everybody has degrees and careers and, and children and not children. And you know we, we all experience the same emotions. But what makes us unique is our story. What makes us unique is that aspect of embracing who we are, going through self-love and self-awareness, and now using our voice with so much passion and so much purpose to now share that with other people. And another really good thing about doing this from the inside out, as opposed to from the outside in, is that it helps with that confidence that so many people are afraid that they don't have in order to be a public speaker. A lot of times people say, you know what, I, I just, I want to use speaking as a way to grow my confidence. And I say, well, you're talking about that outside in approach, but the inside out approach is really what you're going for. And you're not going to get it from just getting on stage. You're going to get better at speaking. You're going to get better at your competency level, competence and confidence, totally different things. You can feel strong in your area of expertise, but you can get off that stage and still feel like crap. So what you're really going for is that inside out approach. And that's the confidence that people are really seeking. But sometimes we're using performance confidence, you know, how to do your body language and navigate the stage and use your vocal cords, we're looking at performance confidence to be a gap filler or pacify the true need of that inner confidence that we're desiring. Spot on. You are going to get the opportunity to ask me a question in a second, but I want to follow up on that, that point about using stories 
in presentations and the, the just the power of that because oftentimes people don't want to use stories because they think that they don't have any in interesting stories or they don't want to reveal that side of themselves if you will to their audience members these are colleagues that they have to see on a daily basis they don't need to know about my private life but this is what i challenge everyone to do and that is to Think about what it is you want to teach your audience and then think about what are some lessons you've learned that align with what it is you want to teach your audience. What are the stories connected to those lessons? Or we can do it the other way around. Think about some memorable moments you've had in life, moments that made you laugh or even moments that made you cry. And what were those lessons? And then craft a presentation around those two or three aha moments that you had. So you don't have to be this open book. You don't have to have, quote unquote, everybody up in your business right. by telling personal stories, but just be very intentional about it and strategic about it and make sure that those stories that you share are real. They are yours and that they directly connect to a lesson for your audience so mm. they can walk away with takeaways. Okay, your turn. Question for me, Monique, what is it? Oh my God. So Bridget, you are a powerful speaker, inspirational teacher. You're a podcaster. You have been in the industry for years and you teach people about public speaking. So being in this space now, what would you say is something that still creates fear for you? What are you afraid of? Every presentation, every presentation, <laughs> Monique. And I know you feel the same way. Or if you don't, let me know. Bridget, don't put words in my mouth. <laughs> what is scary to me is anytime I have to do a presentation because I want to ensure that it goes well for the audience and that it is time well spent. I say that so often, but I mean it. It has to be time well spent. And so before I do any presentation, there is some, there's some anxiety there. There's some nervousness there. Now, it doesn't get in the way of my performance. You would never know. You would never know that I'm frazzled, I'm looking crazy, okay? I'm, I'm mentally going through my first five minutes in my head wanting to ensure it is spot on. But that's what scares me is making sure, wanting to guarantee that this is an experience that has the audience talking about it days, weeks, years, after my presentation is complete, but in a good way. That, that, that's what scares me, <laughs> to be honest, every presentation. <laughs> wow. So, so how do you challenge, how do you like work through that process then? How do you embrace Get up and that? show out. Get up and show out, right? Right. So I had a presentation that I delivered on May 12th. 2021 and there was a huge technical glitch 
we couldn't figure out why my camera wouldn't engage. <laughs> and bulk of the oh, hello, the bulk of the presentation was me on camera. I did not have seventy eight slides in my deck. I had maybe ten that were shown at strategic points, but the message was me. And I am so flustered and so annoyed. And we've got Joe, who's my moderator, trying to figure this out. He's got Marcus on the phone. I mean, we've called in everybody, but the owner of, of Zoom. And actually, we were not on Zoom. It was another platform. But we've called in everybody. But the, the king of, of tech, whomever that may be, or queen of tech, and we could not figure it out. And we got on early. And so I said, listen, Joe, listen, Marcos, it, it, it's time. Uh, let's just do this. They will just hear my voice. And, and let's just make this happen. People have paid. They are expecting the show. And, and let's just do this. And so I said, Joe, if you would kind of stretch out the, the introduction to just kind of give me a minute because I am a little right now. <laughs> and, uh, and then you just get on. And you do it. And I promise when you, if you listen to that presentation, you won't even know that just seconds before, I'm just like, man, what? I, uh, I'm clicking this. I'm dragging this. I'm downloading this. I'm uploading this. I'm, I'm flambeing this. I'm <laughs> I can uh, totally understand. Oh my God. That would be nerve wracking. Oh, but, but, I, but I can totally understand. You just you keep show it up. moving. Mm -hmm. You show up. Yep. Keep it moving. You show up and you show out. That's my attitude. The people came for a purpose and I need to make sure that they get what they came for. It doesn't matter what's going on. As a matter of fact, I, I talk about that, I think in real talk, one of my books where I, I write something to the effect of, it doesn't matter if you lost your way getting to the venue, if you couldn't find your notes, if you dropped your laptop, if you broke a shoe, it does not matter. Show up, show out, <laughs> show them what they came for. Mm -hmm. And it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs> that was wow. a great question. But yeah, I'm scared before every presentation. Everybody just so you know, there you have it. it may not look like it when I get on the stage, but I'm, I'm scared because I mm -hmm. want to make sure it's a good time for mm -hmm. me and uh it always is right god always works it out but i'm i don't know what i don't know who's in the audience i don't know what might implode what might break what might fall apart <laughs> oh my goodness listen monique is there anything else our listeners need to know from you in order to make sure they know how to rock it out every time they get on the stage I would just say, you know, begin the process. If it's something that you know, you're, you're listening to this show because you already know that you have a great story to share. You already have something inside of you that you want to get out. You've been listening to Bridget, all these episodes and all of these shows. And so by now, you should already be <laughs> getting it out there. And my encouragement is just to start, just to begin that process right now. Don't wait for next week, next month, next year. Begin now. Mm. Begin now. Those are our last two powerful words on which we will end. Monique Russell, thank you for being on the show. It's been awesome. Likewise, Bridget, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this conversation. For sure. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. <laughs>